Hello, everyone. Thanks again for joining us here in the Political Science 150 podcast. The topic this week is nationalism, right? And uh, nationalism, I think, is going to add an important and kind of crucial piece to the puzzle in this section of the course where we've been exploring important systems and concepts that kind of shape the political landscape that we currently inhabit, right? And so a lot of the work in this course has been trying to sketch out in terms of ideas and philosophy, but then also in terms of actual physical systems and concepts that in some ways uh, surround and shape the political world as we experience it. Um, and we've been talking about that in the context of the international system and more specifically the modern international system, which is shaped around states. And we talked about that this week in the course, uh, the state as this kind of central political institution that defines for many of us our experience of the political in terms at least of um, shaping the laws and the rules and regulations and so forth that um, govern what we can and cannot do and, and so forth, quite literally, right? Now, of course, as we push further into the course and something that we've already discussed um, all the way back at the beginning, we can think about politics and political life being fused with things that are necessarily not directly tied to the state. Um, and that's something that I think is, is always worthwhile exploring, like, you know, that the state may be this central institution in shaping the parameters of our political experiences, but nonetheless, our experience of the political um, certainly stretches outside of the bounds of direct state involvement into our own personal relationships, relationships we may have at school or work, um, or even encounters we have in the everyday. And I think that's an excellent segue into the topic this week, which is the nation and nationalism, which is a fascinating concept. And, and in some ways, I know this seems like it comes up uh, quite frequently in this course, but it, it, in the nation and nationalism, we do see a very vivid example of something that is important, that is certainly real. But once again, as with power, as with legitimacy, as with a lot of these kind of philosophical, more philosophically kind of oriented concepts that we've dug into, it's very hard to pin down and to specifically identify what it is. And one thing we're going to talk about in the course this week is how scholars who have been studying and investigating nationalism for many years, um, if not centuries, uh, have yet to agree upon a set definition of what a nation is. They have different ways of understanding it or even where nations come from and how nations came to be and how much they are entwined with the states. One big question that defines the literature on nation and nationalism is that do modern states, as we know them, grow out of nationalism? Or does nationalism emerge from the inner workings and objectives of the state, right? And if you can kind of think about that now, those are just two fundamentally different understandings. But all is to say, though, a crucial component of trying to map out and understand the modern world is what is this relationship between nation and state? And what makes a nation a nation, right? And we can think about various ways of defining that, and we're going to discuss that in the class next week. So we're not going to dig too much into that now, but I think in the readings and in our discussions next week, uh, we will 
hopefully kind of dig into some more specific ways to think about defining and identifying a nation. But for now, I just want to keep it at the point of focusing on that nations are important. We have this idea of belonging to a national community, of having a shared destiny, of feeling some sort of connection. And this manifests itself in all kinds of clear, invisible ways, right? In how we behave and in certain expectations we have of each other or certain people who are treated as either part of the community or those who are excluded, why they are excluded, um, can all be tied to these notions of nation, nationalism, and national identity, right? Because at its core, nationalism is often as much about defining who is not part of the group as it is about defining who is the group, right? It is an exclusionary practice of, of an in and an out. But whereas states have, I guess, somewhat more clearly identifiable metrics for deciding who is a member and who is a not, i.e. the term citizenship, we can think of a passport or other forms of legal recognition and identification as a instantiation as a kind of physical manifestation of being a recognized member of the state. Nations, and this is where it gets fuzzy, um, are certainly important and certainly capture the imagination and are important in shaping a host of our activities and in, in thinking of ourselves as a collective political or even social body um, that forms and, and, and works for some sort of common purpose. But where notions of who is a member and who is not a member or who is included or who is not included, who is afforded recognition while others are not, like these kinds of big questions and, and a host of other things are not defined or etched out with any of the level of precision or somewhat clear distinctions that we apply to membership in the state. Right? And then it becomes a question of where, well, how do these rules get created or who decides who is included and who is not included? Who decides what, you know, we have these terms like national interest or national identity or national culture or national this or that. And when we use those terms, I think they, again, have real meaning to us and we can think about them as real things. But when we, we start to once again scratch the surface and ask, well, who who decides what the national interest is? Who decides what the national culture is? Who decides who's a member of the national group? And when we start thinking about who is that who, it's not really clear um, in, a, in, a, in an honest sense. And then I think that's what's you know interesting about nations and nationalism. Whereas a state, we can at least trace it back to a law or some sort of specific rule that the government has passed and saying like X, Y, and Z, is a member, if you're a member of the state or a citizen, if this, or you're not, if that, or so forth, right? Or, you know, if there's a rule against littering, and if you litter, you pay a fine, and this can be traced back again to a law that was passed by some sort of specific procedure, um, which gives it a kind of rigidity or some sort of traceability. But we can think about a host of important and Again, clearly visible social phenomenon tied up with this notion of a nation and national community and national interest and national identity that can't be traced back the way a law or a rule coming from the government can. And so they all at once have a real existence in terms of the impact they clearly have on our lives, on our thinking, on our behavior, on how others are treated, but at the same time lack the fundamental connection to a clear decision-making or hierarchical kind of decision-making organization that we find in the state, which in and of itself, I think, makes nationalism a kind of fascinating 
concept. And one other thought I wanted to leave you with before uh, we wrap things up here is to consider the role that nationalism, you know, how much it's bound up with modernity, how nationalism, right? A scholar, Charles Taylor, describes nationalism as an ideology that espouses a radical horizontality, that nationalism is this idea of of some sort of ideal equality, that we're all equal members of this national community. Even if we have distinctions in terms of economic class or other social statuses, it's this radical notion of being equal. And in some ways, that is part and parcel to the creation of what we often consider the quote-unquote modern world that supposes some fundamental equality that we have as members of a national or political community. And it is through that that a whole sorts of modern processes can be unleashed in terms of creating a modern industrial urban society. And if we think about the kind of reforms that modernizing reforms that societies adopt, and you know, notably in the case of Japan, that we can trace this back to um, the government of the Meiji Restoration and the Meiji Reformers, was about breaking down old notions of social hierarchies and reinstituting this idea of a radical, horizontal kind of notion of how the individual's position vis-a-vis the state or vis-a-vis central authority. And what I want to stress to you is how different that is from pre-existing forms of political communities or individuals within those communities related or understood their connection with them. And most notably, we can think about this in terms of the contrast between this notion of citizen versus subject or the stark and explicit hierarchies that tended to define more traditional societies, be it in Asia or Europe or the United States or what have you, where one's status was set by birth and set by what kind of class they were born into. And the note, the idea of political elites is that they ruled over people because it was their right, because they were naturally in some way superior or had the correct birth or lineage to rule over those who were inferior to them um, in a host of ways. And nationalism emerges as a counter-organizing principle that says that there's this, again, metaphysical or ideal of equality that serves as the basis for social organization and legitimacy, coming back to this word, for the state, and to bring power in again, as we're going to discuss in the class, nationalism also unleashes new opportunities for states to develop and manifest their power in this kind of modern, industrial, urban society that began to take real root across the globe several hundred years ago and has now become so entrenched in global society that perhaps you think of it as normal. And I think as we continue to delve into nationalism in the course and in our student presentation this week, I think we'll realize how new and how different this form of creating a political community and this intermixing of nation and state really is and how it constitutes a significant departure from most things that came before it. Okay, so those are just some thoughts to hopefully get you going on this topic. Uh, I look forward, as always, to your comments and questions. 
that you post. And I'm really excited to see you in class next week. Have a great weekend.